0: I'm going to play you two sound bites from two different people uttered about three weeks apart. See if you can spot the difference. The first clip is from Robin DiAngelo, one of the leading hustlers of the anti-racist movement. Here is Robin D'Angelo's advice.
1: I'm a big believer in affinity space and affinity work. And I think people of color need to get away from white people <laughs> and, and have some community um, with each other. And I'll, I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up.
0: Quote, people of color need to get away from white people. That's Robin DiAngelo's advice, for which she has been applauded as one of the greatest racial justice activists of our generation. Now, here's Scott Adams, the Dilbert cartoonist, giving his own advice about three weeks ago.
2: So if, if you know nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the f*** away. Get, where, wherever you have to go, just get away.
0: Quote, White people should get the hell away from black people. That's Scott's advice, for which his cartoon was canceled by every newspaper in the country, and he's now completely ostracized from polite society. It's the same advice, (laughs) practically speaking. These two pieces of advice would have the exact same effect. But Scott Adams is giving that advice as an evil white man who doesn't hate white people. So he's not allowed to voice his opinion. Whereas Robin DiAngelo is speaking as a repentant white woman who does hate white people. So she is allowed to voice the very same opinion. And I'm an ethnically ambiguous man named Michael Knowles and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. We're going to get to the really important stories later, like how Dylan Mulvaney is uh, pretending to be a little girl. But I want to first get into speaking of uh, white people going unwanted into black people's neighborhoods. There is a video going around of Dr. Fauci, and it's very high quality footage, and the audio is really great. And it's, it's weird; it seems like a movie because it is a movie. It's it's being made by PBS, and it's following Dr. Fauci and the DC mayor, uh, Muriel Bowser going around D.C. neighborhoods in 2021 to try to convince people to take the Fauci ouchie. There's a clip going around right now that I think the producers believed showed Dr. Fauci to be reasonable, to be scientific, to be level-headed, and showed these residents of D.C. to be complete, just knuckle-dragging backward idiots. That, however, is not with the clips actually show.
2: People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up, taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot and miraculous time. Look at Dr. Time. Fauci's smug face.
0: It takes years to, to create Dr. vaccination.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it used
0: to take years. OK, yeah. it used to it, it you know used to how? Take years.
2: You know how many years we're invested in this, in this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years
0: not
2: quickly. enough. Okay, put a pause months.
0: there. I love that guy's answer because Dr. Fauci is speaking in a way that's very vague and he's kind of blurring the truth. Obviously, the COVID vaccine had not been developed for 20 years because COVID had just occurred a year prior after it escaped from the Wuhan wet market, allegedly, or more likely was engineered in a Chinese biolab. It didn't exist 20 years ago. It didn't exist 20 months prior to, to Dr. Fauci's uh, commentary here or thereabouts. So he's saying, well, the, the technology using the mRNA to do the who's he what's with the jingamabab that's been around forever. It's 20 years. And the guy is not having it. The DC resident, he says, yeah, that's not long enough either, bro. Like, whatever BS you're spewing right now, we just all know this is a new experimental drug, and I don't want to take it. Keep going
2: is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, as wow, close wow. as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if a lot of thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu, then, right? And uh, not like, not yeah, like it's like much the more though. serious than the flu. Oh, the flu oh yeah, totally. Way more serious. Yeah. 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 You know how many people yeah. died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know How many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 that Americans. Well, you, well that, well the, the number that you all given that died, that's that, once again, that's you all's number. Put a pause dead. there.
0: This is brilliant. This guy, as Dr. Fauci is throwing out these numbers, oh, yeah, this, this vaccine, it's 20 years in development. Obviously, it's not, bro, because the virus didn't exist until very recently. Oh, listen, seven bazillion people died from COVID last year. Well, no, what have we learned since then? We've learned that many of those numbers, uh, many of the people who supposedly died from COVID actually just died with COVID. So they had advanced stage cancer, And then they happened to have this virus when they died. The virus didn't kill them. The virus can't be said to be the cause of their death. They just had it when they died. The extreme version of this would be someone gets shot in the head, but they tested positive for COVID. Okay, it's a COVID death. Well, I I don't think so. That's pretty far down the list of things that killed that person. And and this guy, this regular old Joe from Washington, D.C., is looking Dr. Fauci, the representative of science, right in the face. And he says, you're putting numbers out right now that I simply don't Believe.
2: Yeah, definitely. So right. when you, because when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, it's something else going on with that.
0: Put a pause there. Why did Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, have to say, if you get vaccinated, we'll give you a cheeseburger and yummy French fries. mom. Um, um, um. Do it. Here, we're going to bribe you to take the vaccine. If it's such a great vaccine, if the virus is so dangerous, if there is no risk from the vaccine and it's so effective, why wouldn't people be begging, clamoring to get that vaccine? Why did the establishment have to bribe people? There's something weird going on here, as this DC resident says.
2: Something else going on. It is something going on. You're right. But I'm glad millions of people, like me and most everybody here, didn't get an. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. But I I, I won't keep doing anymore. It's it's okay because my my, my, uh, my, my incentive, y'all, campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is.
0: What is that guy's name? how can I get all my DC resident friends to elect him to city council? Because that guy, that guy gets it. The, The funniest part of this clip to me is it was filmed and produced to make him seem like the unreasonable one and to make Bowser and Fauci seem like the reasonable ones. And yet, given the facts that we know now on vaccine efficacy when it comes to preventing infection and transmission of the virus, what did Muriel Bowser say right there? She said, I'm standing this close to you because I'm vaccinated. So I'm not at any risk here. I'm not gonna spread that virus. That's not true. We know that the virus, that the vaccine didn't do very much at all to stop infection or prevention or, or, or transmission, rather, of the virus. What did the vaccine do? Eventually, they said, well, okay, it doesn't do any of the things that we initially said it would do, but it'll totally reduce the severity of the illness. It'll greatly reduce Risk of death and hospitalization. I know we've been wrong about all our other predictions, but trust us on that one, because it's pretty much unfalsifiable. Yeah, yeah. That guy was right. Bowser and Fauci were wrong. On the death numbers. How many localities revised down their death number after COVID, because there were errors in the data, and these people who died with COVID were tabulated as having died from COVID? The, the, the regular Joe on the street got it. The genius scientists did not get it. That tells you so much of what you need to know about this current regime, which has lost pretty much all of its culpability because it lies to us all the time, and about politics generally. Regular people have a pretty good gut instinct. They might not have the most advanced scientific studies out of Johns Hopkins, but those studies, those scientific studies are, generally speaking, a lot less reliable than the gut instincts of normal people who are well formed and well adjusted to the world. Now, when you want to hire really great people, you gotta check out ZipRecruiter. Right now go to ziprecruiter.com/slash Knowles. Hiring used to be really hard. You'd post your job on multiple sites, hope the right people would see it, and then wait for them to apply. The same goes for finding a job. You upload your resume to every job posting site and comb through never-ending lists of jobs trying to find the right position for you. ZipRecruiter is the best place to find the right position, or if you're an employer, the right person to join your team. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash to try it for free. ZipRecruiter's matching technology excels at finding the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. It also gives you a competitive edge against other employers who may also be interested in that candidate. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. Go to ZipRecruiter.com noles Knowles to try ZipRecruiter for free. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash K-N-O-W-L-E-S. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're all waiting to see if President Trump gets arrested or not. Uh, we know, though, whether he is arrested today or next week or never. We do know that the bureaucracy, the deep state, the blob is out there attacking conservatives. And as Trump posted in that meme during his reelection campaign, and and it really resonated, they're not after Trump. They're after us. Trump just happens to be in the way. So uh, yesterday, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is running for president, came out and said the other candidates in the GOP field need to condemn this leaked likely persecution of Donald Trump. Yeah, we're all running against Trump, but we, we need to condemn this. This is a pivotal moment for our country. So, Ron DeSantis has come out. He was asked about this. Here is his statement on the potential prosecution. Per, there's a long time persecution, but the potential prosecution of Donald Trump.
3: The Manhattan district attorney is a Soros funded prosecutor. And so, he, like other Soros funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda. On society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety you're talking about this situation with and look I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair I just I can't speak to that That's but what I can there. speak
0: weak sauce governor <laughs> You know, I love DeSantis. I think he's the greatest governor in the country. I'm all for throwing political barbs. I get why DeSantis probably hates Trump right now, because Trump has spent the last six months just doing his level best to destroy Ron DeSantis. I get it. I'm not saying it's not a human reaction, but this is not the time for that. We're, We're talking about the ruling party of the United States jailing the leader of the opposition, this is not the time to be throwing what I think is a relatively cheap shot at a primary opponent. There will be plenty of time for that. I just think, I'm not even saying naughty, naughty, Governor DeSantis, this was deeply immoral of you to do. I just mean from an optics level, from a self-interest level, from a DeSantis 2024 level, this doesn't look good. If DeSantis's whole argument is, I'm the better version of Trump, and he's made a very good case for that, then he really does need to rise above this stuff. He needs to seem like the one who is who is protecting Trump, who is leading, who's gonna take care of this. Trump couldn't take on the deep state, well, Ron DeSantis is gonna do it. I'm gonna rise above it all. I'm gonna position myself as the head of my party and, and as the person on whom Donald Trump even is dependent and looking to for leadership. It was just a miscalculation. It's, it's a human miscalculation. But especially that the Democrats have dug up this, what now, seven-year-old, eight-year-old attack on Trump that he paid off a porn star years ago. And what they're even calling a crime is is totally trumped up. I mean, the the nearest thing to a crime that they could find in there is that he misfiled some paperwork, maybe. As a candidate, he has the right to donate as much money to his campaign as he wants. And and at, at the heart of this criminal allegation is that Trump may be improperly donated to his own campaign, but the whole thing is just so ridiculous. And so th- this is the opportunity for the top rival to Trump and the potential leader of the Republican Party to say, hey, look, we'll talk about the primary later. This is wrong when I'm the head of the party, when I'm the president of the United States, we're going to shut all this down. Uh, it, it, just a, it, DeSantis is such a talented politician. This was a huge misstep.
3: If you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office.
0: So the frame of this was good. He goes after the Soros prosecutors. He says this is ridiculous. He condemns it. What he was trying to do was the attack sandwich. So you, you seem like you're giving compliments and you're being straight faced and you're just talking about policy on the outside and then you squeeze the, the attack on the inside. Though he doubled down on it even at the end to bring up the porn star and the hush money payments. I just, I just don't think it was necessary. Everyone knows that Donald Trump has slept with all sorts of supermodels and lived a life of a playboy. Everybody already knows that. So the, the attack is not going to do very much, I think, to help you as a candidate. And it's just going to, I think all it can do is diminish Desantis's stature. So it's, it's not the end of his campaign, but it, th- this, whoever advised him to do that, I, I think is someone who does not get the way the field is, is playing out right now. Speaking of leaders, I'll show you an example of a great leader my man down in El Salvador, Nayib Bukele. (laughs) We've been covering President Bukele a fair bit in recent weeks. And (laughs) coincidentally, President Bukele has been covering us and and posted clips from this show. He's just doing a really, really great job there. He's cut the murder rate in half in just one year. And the way he did it was really, really complicated and sophisticated. The way he did that was he built a big prison and then arrested the criminals. It's really hard. We probably need 10 white papers from the think tanks. We need to get all the experts on this. How how to understand this extraordinarily sophisticated political tactic. If you want to cut crime, you arrest the criminals. Really amazing. So uh, the the moment that he started arresting all the criminals and destroying MS-13, that of course is when all of the liberal human rights groups came out and started attacking him. Said, oh, he's not respecting the International human rights of the satanic international criminal cartel, MS-13. This is terrible. Yeah, he's saving countless Salvadorans, but he's not giving these face-tattooed demons three hots in a cot, which actually I think he is. I think he's treating them just fine in prison, but he's treating them like prisoners. He's not treating them like royalty. Well, he's just arrested another 2,000 gangsters, and the numbers are in, not just the numbers on the arrests, the numbers on his popularity do you know what Bukele's popularity rating is in El Salvador? 91%. And that's not just some propaganda from his regime. That's according to a poll from La Prensa Grafica, which is an opposition newspaper in El Salvador. It's a newspaper that doesn't like Bukele. And they pointed out that 91% of locals support this guy. Politics can be simple. The libs want to complicate everything. The libs want to pretend that nothing is clear at all. We can't ever know anything. You can't even know if a man is a man and a woman is a woman. It's all just, you just need to have 27 degrees from Harvard, and then maybe you can weigh in on basic questions. Normal guy on the street knows what a woman is. Justice Katanji Jackson, with multiple degrees from Harvard, can't tell you what a woman is. Random Joe on the street knows that something's up with the vaccine and with COVID, and he's not going to rush to take an experimental drug. Despite all the promises from the federal government. Dr. Fauci, he's got a thousand degrees. He's got the white lab coat. He's, he's so smart and sophisticated. Fauci's wrong. The regular guy is right. Politics can be really simple. Stop the bad guys, protect the innocent. And, and then there's an, there's another part here, which is really key. It's not enough to be right. In politics, there is no substitute for victory. There's no substitute for victory. Bukele is popular because he's winning. Trump was very, very popular when he was popular because he was winning. That's why the libs had to push the whole COVID nonsense and the lockdowns and lying about all of the numbers. They had to do that to stop Trump from winning because he was winning on every single front. On foreign policy, on immigration, on the economy, on trade, on everything. So they had to stop him. Okay, that's leadership. So leadership, it's not just enough to have a, a clear vision. You've got to win. You've got to deliver the goods. Before we get into Mr. Mulvaney, I do also want to get the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops has just done something great, and I want to give them uh, p- proper plaudits for it. Sometimes some of the voices in the church in recent years have been a little, a little bit of vague, a little bit of ambiguous, and difficult to understand. But uh, the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops just released guidance for Catholic healthcare institutions and it's really important. They've just reaffirmed traditional traditional Catholic teaching, just traditional teaching generally. They've affirmed common sense and reality on transgenderism. The USCCB said, to cure... To the cure of many maladies and promises for more modern technology also produces interventions that are injurious to the true flourishing of the human person. As an example of immediate concern, the committee cites the interventions advocated by many in society as treatments for what is termed gender dysphoria or gender incongruence. These interventions involve the use of surgical or chemical techniques that aim to exchange the sex characteristics of a patient's body for those of the opposite sex or for simulations thereof. As such interventions... Do not respect the fundamental order of the human person as an intrinsic unity of body and soul with a body that is sexually differentiated. The committee states that Catholic health care services must not perform them. Clear as day. Transgenderism is fake. It's not real. It's a false anthropology. You cannot be in body, one sex, and in soul, spirit, metaphysical identity, another sex. It is false. It's false for five-year-olds. It's false for 50-year-olds. It's false for everybody in the middle. As such, no doctor should perform these surgeries on anybody. It is harmful to the patient. It is a violation of the Hippocratic Oath. It is a a cruelty and an abuse of deeply troubled people who ought to be given proper medical care and not hacked up like they're on a butcher's block. Okay, That's the clarity that we're getting from the USCCB. That's the clarity that we're getting from people who have thought for a very long time about human nature. At least 2000 years now and drawing on wisdom that is even older. That's very clear. Now, which of our political leaders are are going to put that into effect? Unfortunately, not the, the purportedly Catholic president of the United States. Which of our political leaders will have that kind of clarity and will have the courage and the ability to put it into practice and win? We got to do it because the the political regime is so oppressive right now. One way to try to outfox the people who are constantly surveilling you would be to use ExpressVPN. Right now, go to expressvpn.com slash Knowles. Let me ask you something. Do you ever leave your keys in your car while you run into the gas station for a snack? Most of the time, you'll have nothing to worry about. What if you come back to see someone driving off with your car? This is what using the Internet without ExpressVPN is like. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet so that hackers can't steal your sensitive data. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. ExpressVPN now uses LightWay, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart it's how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get set up. Just fire up the app and tap one button to connect. That's it. Even your grandparents could do it. Secure your online data today by using the only VPN I trust. That is expressvpn.com ExpressVPN.com/Noles and get three extra months free. That is expressvpn.com slash Knowles, expressvpn.com noles Knowles to learn more. You know, my favorite comment yesterday is from the drummer's workshop at Norm's Music, who says, if Trump went to jail, the docu-series covering it would be called Orange is the New Orange. That's <laughs> true. It would. It would. You make a great point. That's the silver lining. At least we would get some great TV out of it. Now, speaking of bizarre turns in show business, Dylan Mulvaney, the man who is for all of his flaws and all of his problems, very good at drawing attention to himself. Dylan Mulvaney, the man who is pretending to be a woman and is getting women to kneel down in front of him and is getting interviews with the president of the United States. Dylan Mulvaney is now pretending not merely to be a woman, but to be a 6-year-old girl.
1: I am Eloise. I am 6. I'm a city child. I live at the Plaza Hotel. Which is huge and wonderful and trace elegant, especially at Christmas
0: time. So does anyone have a spoon for my mind's eye so that I can just get rid of that? Because that's really un- unpleasant to, to have have that image in my mind. Let's say for a second that Dylan Mulvaney were actually a woman. He, of course, is not, but let's just say that he were. And Diana Mulvaney, the woman version of Dylan Mulvaney, let's say that she posted that video pretending to be a six-year-old girl. Even that would be really weird and creepy. It's definitely way creepier that he is a dude. He's a dude in his late 20s posting that kind of stuff. This would seem to suggest that Dylan Mulvaney's allegedly authentic, true identity as a woman is a little bit more fantastical, a little bit more of a fiction created in his mind, a little bit more of perhaps a sexual paraphilia, a little bit m- as, as it is for a great many people who indulge this confusion. It's obviously a weird role-playing creepy thing. As it is for a lot of these guys. I I was looking into this a bit because there are different proposed causes of the gender identity confusion. Uh, Some of which are, uh, you know, men who like to dress up as women. So they're just cross-dressers. And then they get into, I don't know, drag shows. And then they get into convincing themselves that they really are this alternate person. Though, the, the process of transitioning involves killing your old identity, referring to who you really are in the third, oh my gosh. Whew, that's really referring to who you really are in the third person. You can, uh, you know, it, it involves all of this. You can see how fired up I get about this issue. It, it involves changing your name, you know, denouncing your, in some cases, your, your family. And, and so it, it's very, very confused. Uh, for some people, though, I was talking to a journalist about this, there's apparently a genre of pornography that just convinces men, regular dudes, that they are a woman. And it's titillating to convince them that they are a woman, even though they're not a woman or something to that effect. Again, haven't done any firsthand research, have no desire to do that. If, if you want to read more about it, there are journalists who have covered this sort of thing. But but the, the, what this exposes is a flaw in our understanding of identity, period, for sexual identity and all kinds of identity, period, which is we seem to think that identity is just fixed. So you're born, and most people are born as they look, but some people are actually born as the opposite sex, trapped inside the body of the sex that they would appear to be. That is so simplistic. Our identities are constantly changing. They are constantly evolving. The libs are kind of right about that when they use that sort of language. And they evolve and they change based on our practice of virtue, and then our identities become more perfect, or our practice of vice, then our identities get more and more corrupted. They change based on our cooperation with grace or our falling into sin. They, They change, though. They do change. And I, I was reading the account of one of these transitioner type people who was in the news. And he said he started cross-dressing as a child. And then he did it every so often, once a month, let's say. And it became once a week. Then he started doing it more and more. Then he started going to certain drag shows. And he started going to conventions with other cross-dressers. And then way later, in the middle of his life, a little after middle age, this guy decided he was going to transition. But had he just stopped, had he just not indulged that when he was a teenager, he'd said, no, this is wrong. Maybe I have some weird desire to do it, but I'm just not going to indulge that desire. There's almost no way that he would have ended up there. But this is what happens. Vice and perversion compounds on itself to the point that you go from, 10 years ago, we had a clear definition of marriage in this country. There was very little question of what the definition of marriage was. Today, we have 75 genders. Forget about what marriage is. Forget about the blurring of the, of the sexes. We now have 75 different genders, and they're going to end up being more genders. There's no end to that. There's no end. It's going to go ad infinitum. And if, Dylan Mulvaney, if he persists in this stuff, is going to be posting much weirder stuff than dancing around as a six-year-old girl. This is not just happening on TikTok. This is not just happening in weirdo Hollywood. This is happening in people's classrooms. There's a teacher who just went viral for saying, I, I think it looks like a he, but it might be a she who became a he or whatever. But this teacher says that the favorite part of this person's day is when he or she gets to talk to little kids about weird sex stuff. First day back went so well. My kids are super sweet and talented. My favorite part of the day though, was in the last class that I went to, there was a kid that says, oh my gosh, you're non-binary. So is my sister. Look at this picture of them. Right? Isn't that awesome? And that's why I'm out. That's why I'm visible. That's why representation matters. So first of all, what are the odds that actually happened? I guess it depends on the age of the student, but do you really think some little students walking up like, "You're hello, Mrs. McGillicuddy or Mr. Smith or whatever your name is. You're a non-binary he, she, they, them, just like my sister. Non, I guess not sister because it's non-binary, but a, a, my sibling is um." Hmm? I don't totally buy that, but whatever. Maybe let's let's say it's true. The the best part of this. Teacher's workday should be educating students in the truth and goodness and beauty. Teacher's obviously not doing any of that. And this teacher is compounding the corruption of his or her profession by saying that the favorite part is talking to kids about weird, creepy sex stuff. In a sane society, this teacher would not be in a classroom talking to kids about weird sex stuff. In a sane society, this teacher would be in an asylum talking to psychologists and maybe to the padded walls in his or her cell. But now we've gone through the looking glass. Now we're in the upside down world. Now, if you believe in basic stuff, basic stuff that everybody's believed for all of human history, that all the smart, smartest people with the wisdom of the ages have believed in, that you can deduce using your, your own right reason, you're called a crazy person. If you say, God exists, marriage is between a man and a woman, we should do good stuff and avoid bad stuff, we can know something about the moral order, we should maybe defer to some of our ancestors on things and not just pretend that we can uh, interpret the entirety of the world through the unfettered use of our reason. If you say that, people will look at you and say, you're nuts. Whoa. Whoa, okay there, buddy. You believe in a big crazy sky daddy? No, no religious person ever has believed in a big crazy sky daddy with a big beard. But the the people who believe that men can be women or neither men nor women, and who spend their days delighting, longing for the opportunity to talk about weird sex stuff with little tiny kids, those are the people calling us crazy for believing what every normal person has always believed for all of human history. And those those people with the crazy glasses and the weird gender-bendy stuff, they're the Dr. Fauci's. They are. They're the people going door to door to normal people's homes, invading their privacy, knocking on the door saying, hey, do all this really weird experimental stuff that I just thought up five seconds ago. And we were the regular residents of Washington, D.C., We're saying, uh, no, no thanks. I don't really believe you guys or your numbers, and I I think that your experiments are probably not going to end very well, so I'm good. Please get off my lawn. (laughs) Please go away. And in our popular culture, those weirdos are, are presented as the normal ones, and we normal ones are presented as the weirdos. Speaking of weird sex stuff, Whoopi Goldberg is very, very upset at Mike Pence. We've been talking a lot about Trump. We've been talking a lot about Ron DeSantis. We have not talked enough about Mike Pence, who probably is running for president in 2024. Mike Pence just got in trouble because he made a joke about the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who has been AWOL from his job for a lot of his tenure there. And part of the reason he was AWOL is because he left to produce children in a deeply immoral way and, uh, and to intentionally deprive those children of their natural mother. And so people have made a joke about Pete Buttigieg, you know, breastfeeding or going on maternity leave. Mike Pence made this joke, Whoopi outraged by it.
1: The White House is calling on former VP Mike Pence to apologize for an attempted joke at last weekend's political roast held by D.C. journalists, the gridiron dinner. Pence claimed Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg did, took two months of, quote, maternity leave during the nationwide airline crisis, which makes Pete the only person in human history to have a child, and everyone else gets postpartum depression. That's the joke. Yeah. 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 Good joke. <laughs> Now, I I will point out that this joke wasn't funny when Tucker Carlson did it. It wasn't funny when Lauren Boebert did it. It's just not funny. It's just not a funny joke. But uh, people are taking issue with Pence using the term maternity leave and making light of postpartum depression.
0: It's not funny. Stop laughing. I'm Whoopi Goldberg. I'm the I'm the queen of comedy. Uh, My decrees are final, and why are you giggling at that? At the idea that Pete Buttigieg is out there breastfeeding and giving birth. He posted that photo in the hospital room, his legs just out of the stirrups. Yeah. Yeah, why? Stop laughing at that. It's not funny. Usually, when people say, that's not funny, and they get really angry, usually you can bet that whatever that person has said is is quite funny. And, And it is quite funny. The only thing that's not funny about the jokes about Pete Buttigieg. And his method of procreation. The thing that's not funny is how evil it is. It's very, very wrong. I was looking at my little kid the other day. And little kid, I'm holding the little kid. The kid was very upset. I'm holding the baby. The baby's like, okay, the baby likes daddy. The baby's very pro-daddy. But I'm holding, and the baby's still very upset. Then I hand the baby to mommy. Instantly okay. We said, wait, was that just a fluke? Elisa hands the baby back to me. Wow wow Still upset again. Hands the baby back to mommy, totally fine. Because men and women are different, and babies need mommy and daddy. And mommy and daddy are, are different, and, and men and women are different, and they're not just interchangeable. And our society has pretended that they're interchangeable for a long time, and we're now enshrining that in our law. But it's not true. And no normal person ever in the whole history of the world has ever thought that it is true. Every single society, everywhere, until five seconds ago, has recognized that men and women are different. And we're both needed. Men and women both have something to bring to the world. The argument uh, uh, for gay surrogacy or gay adoption or whatever is that no, you don't really need women. You don't really need women in society. Men, men are just as good at being women. It's the argument for transgenderism. Men make great women. Dylan Mulvaney, he's just as much of a woman as any other. We don't need those other women. It's, it's very evil. Bad things happen. People's parents die. Uh, people are born into bad circumstances, and uh, so. I, Uh, People make do, and we move on. This is a fallen world. To intentionally create a child with the express intent of depriving that child of his natural mother is terribly, terribly evil. And most people don't know what they're doing when they do it. People have fallen into this surrogacy thing, in part because it's been so promoted by the culture, and it's promoted by our law, and they just don't know. And most people haven't given it a moment's thought. And so they'll go along with it, even though there might be a little something nagging in their conscience about it. But it's terribly, terribly evil. So contra what, what Whoopi Goldberg is saying here, not only should we make jokes about it, but we should outlaw it. <laughs> we should make jokes because it's, it's, so, it's so obviously absurd. And we make jokes about all sorts of dark things, but we should go further. Not only are the jokes appropriate, but they imply that we should do something to stop this grave, grave evil. You know, some recent and very alarming statistics show that more than a third of millennials approve of communism, actual outright communism. It's either because they don't know their history or they believe that it wasn't communism because real communism has never been tried. But it has been tried. And if you watch the first two episodes of the new Daily Wire Plus series, which is called What We Saw, Cold War, you will see just how horrific it really was. Here's a clip. Nobody knows how many people actually died in the gold mines
2: of Colima. All agree that in wintertime, the temperature in and around the camp was the only place where, by coincidence, both Fahrenheit and Celsius scales happened to converge, and that is at 40 degrees below zero for each of them. Initial estimates of 3 million people killed at Coloma alone were no doubt too high. The lowest, well-researched figure is about 500,000,
0: and the actual total most likely was around 800 thousand human souls. In Cold War, storyteller and writer Bill Whittle will take you back to the beginning, just after World War II, when the struggle between communism and freedom began. It's actual history where verifiable facts come to life. Cold War comes out today. We're making the first episode available for everyone to see. Go to dailywire.com slash coldwar now to watch it. If you want to keep watching, you'll have to become a member. So go to dailywire.com slash coldwar today. One story, at least, to get to before the member block here. Joe Biden has just issued his first veto. Biden's been in office for a fair bit of time right now, but he's only just now issued his first veto, and it's of of an anti-ESG bill. ESG are the environmental, social, and governance policies that are a vehicle for the woke agenda, the Great Reset agenda, the World Economic Forum agenda, the liberal agenda, whatever you want to call it. ESG policies come down from the top. They come down from institutional investors. And they they come down from big, gigantic asset managers. And they say that the companies that we're investing in have to follow certain leftist guidelines When it comes to social policy, they got to buy into weird trans stuff. They got to push radical social engineering. They've got to buy into weird environmental theories that the world's going to end in five minutes if we don't follow whatever AOC and St. Greta of the Blessed Sailboat want us to do. All the rest. So, what the ESG policies do is they say, hey, companies, you need to consider things other than the returns that your shareholders are getting you're going to you should consider things other than what's best for the business you should consider things even other than what's best for society broadly you need to consider in your invest in your investing in your policies in your business actions a leftist agenda and if you if you deviate from that leftist agenda we might pull our money out that's what ESG says so conservatives and a lot of democrats say this is obviously wrong Uh, this is bad for the investors. It might be bad for society. It's a huge abuse of power. So we're going to oppose the ESG agenda. House Republicans just, just passed a bill to this effect. And the Senate just passed a bill to this effect where you got the Senate Republicans along with Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat Senator John Tester. They oppose Biden's Labor Department pushing ESG. Biden vetoes. Biden is willing to veto on this really clear issue. ESG is opposed by virtually every normal person who is aware of what it is. This is a winning issue. That's why Democrats came over to vote with the Republicans on it. They know that anti-ESG is a winning issue. Biden is, is willing to take the unpopular position here to push ESG because the Democrats know how important it is for their agenda. It's not enough for them simply to legislate everything, or even pass new regulations out of the executive agencies. They wanna go deeper. They want the asset managers to push these policies down to every single company. If you get BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, these big asset managers to push these policies outside of any even semi-official government means, it's much more likely that those are going to take hold in the culture, and the people are gonna have much less recourse. So Biden, he exercises his veto for that. Why? Because it's so important. Another story I had to get to today. This is out of UCI, the University of California, Irvine. Terminator zones on distant planets could harbor life, UC Irvine astronomers say. These in-between regions could be prime sites for liquid water. In a new study, University of California, Irvine, astronomers describe how extraterrestrial life has the potential to exist on distant exoplanets inside a special area called the Terminator Zone, which is a ring on planets that always have one side facing its star and one side that's always in the dark. And the thing is, um, no, they couldn't. The thing is, I'm not even going to read the rest of the article. I'm certainly not going to read the study. No. No. The Terminator Zones could not harbor life because extraterrestrial aliens aren't real. <laughs> They're not real. And the Libs just, they love it. They're so fascinated by it. It's just, it made me think about how many completely ridiculous things the Libs believe in. And yet they call us the gullible ones, they call us the fantastical ones. The libs believe in catastrophic global warming It's going to kill us all in five minutes. The libs believe that boys can secretly be girls and girls can secretly be boys. And the libs believe in ET. It's not real. There is, I know this is controversial on the right. I know my colleague Matt Walsh here is very pro-ET. There is zero evidence that extraterrestrial life exists anywhere. Zero. The the best evidence they can muster is, well, the universe is really big. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A really, really big and really, really cold and really, really empty and devoid of life. The, the the reason the libs have to believe that there's extraterrestrial life is because they have to believe that humans are not special. They have to believe that man is not made in the image and likeness of God. They have to believe that there's no real rhyme or reason to the universe, that there's no intention, that there's no foreordained providence. They have to believe that it's all just random chance. And if it's all just kind of random and it all just kind of crops up, life is just wherever, it pops up because of certain material conditions, then they, they can lead themselves to believe that extraterrestrial life exists but they, have, they, they believe in it to justify their own stupid religious views and their own false anthropological views and their own mistakes about everything in the real world. It is not real. Keep looking, guys. Good. I hope you see Irvine, I hope all of these liberal universities, I hope they spend all their time looking for ET and all these other planets so they spend less time focused on social policy here in the United States to screw up our society based on their similarly false premises. Good. Keep looking for ET. But we conservatives can know he's not real. It's not real. The rest of the show continues now. You don't want to miss it. Become a member and use code Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.